Welcome to the Corporate Legal Ops Consortium podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with technology and legal ops thought leaders from across the ecosystem. This is Clock Talk. I'm your host, Jen McCarran. I'm on the board of directors at Clock, and I lead the Netflix legal operations and technology team. On this episode, I sit down with my friend and industry pioneer, Mary O'Carroll, Chief Community Officer at Ironclad, and quite possibly the legal ops GOAT. For those still catching up, GOAT is short for greatest of all time. In this conversation, we get real on some of our favorite topics, like how we balance passion with practicality in our professional roles, the growth of automated solutions in the legal ops sector, and the importance of continued education as legal ops leaders. Finally, we share our strategies for time management as we chase down that elusive work-life balance, and we even debate if that's a real thing. It's real talk. It's right now. Enjoy. We're live on Clock Talk, but not live. From Los Altos, California, home of Mario Carroll from Ironclad. Thanks for making the trip up this time. Yes, Chief Community Officer, Clock Founder, former President. Here we are, just wrapped up our Ironclad webinar. How do you feel? That was fun. It always is fun to have our conversations. Yes. And then you and I forget that anyone's watching. And then we say stuff that we're like, shoot. Should I yes. Like, should we roll it back? <laughs> no, all good. All good. I love that we were cycling through the question cards and I saw you go right past the Taylor Swift card. And I said, can you pull that one back, please? Because <laughs> you were afraid of dissing. The, the Swifties are. Swifties get mad. Oh, they get yeah. mad. They can destroy you. But I thought you answered everything. You just made a constructive feedback request to Taylor Swift. That's right. Do a little more dancing because you come from the school of Britney and Madonna. And you think she dances. So let's be clear. She doesn't dance. She doesn't. She doesn't. Her backup dancers are dancing. What she does is she stomps to the beat and then she'll stop and do this whole thing like this. But it's only dancing in place. I had this argument with my daughters and then they tried to find video of her dancing. And they couldn't. But it's always dancing in place. It's dancing in place. How awful am I? <laughs> no, it's actually really fair. Taylor Swift's thing, I figured it out, is she songwrites. Yeah, she's not a dancer, and that's and okay. The way a Bruce Springsteen songwrites, when you experience, I'm not even a huge Bruce fan, but shout out New Jersey. When you watch him, you feel like something's going on here because he's channeling just the muses and yeah. everything and the human experience. And that's what she does. Because when I heard her at the Eras tour, I was thinking my life back, like in little movies on her lyrics. And that's her. Her lyrics are brilliant. That's her gift. And it's poetry. Yeah. So I'll and give her that. She wrote it all. And no offense to your girl, Brittany. We love Brittany for what she's given us. She didn't put a single word of that together. But she can dance it. She can wear the snake. She can look hot. She, she can, can sometimes lip sync to it. So we love our Brittany. And there's a place in the world for everyone. That's right. Okay. So we didn't get in too bad of a fight. But we had some other disagreements. So this episode of Clock Talk is about working through our disagreements. Some are disagreements. Some are just different perspectives and different experiences. So we ended on the webinar where someone had asked, I don't know, we got on the topic of what is legal ops work versus Mm -hmm. substantive legal work. What I was saying is my definition has always been legal ops doesn't do work that is touching the substantive legal matter. So you can project manage a litigation with all the moving parts, but you're not actually doing any of the support of the legal work. 
Unless perhaps your legal ops function scoped in practice area ops. Yes. Practice area operations is absolutely one of the clock core 12. And so that's IP operations, commercial operations, litigation operations. It could be any practice. Any of the practice area. But that is about changing the way or improving the way the lawyers work, the metrics, the processes, the tools, not necessarily doing the work. So it's like for contracts, creating the templates and the playbooks and the tools and the CLM management. But you're not actually redlining and negotiating contracts no. necessarily. Some teams Unlikely. do that, though. But they do. And it's interesting. A lot of the webinar, we were tackling hybrid role questions. Yeah. Like more than I thought we would, which is a real signal to me of the market that a lot of people are in hybrid roles. Yes. Or lean teams where they don't have all the headcount to build out the pure ops function. And a CLO or a leader is looking at this person that has a JD Mm-hmm. And they go, can you just redline this on the side or, yeah. or do some of that? So I think in reality, some of that might bleed. But I think you're absolutely right that definitionally we're changing how they work. For me in 2024, it feels like my focus might be on educating the GCs and the CLOs more. I've spent yeah, a lot of my platform kind yeah. of advocating for legal ops and how they should be doing their yeah. roles and how to get into the role. But there's so much GC education that needs to take so place. Much. And I think they're willing to dip their toe in the water, hence like the hybrid role. But my God, you're able to advocate for any other head. Legal hops should be the easiest head to advocate for to your CFO. It's an education. And I think we need to tell people that more and they forget. And I've been guilty of this. You walk in and you just assume that a senior legal leader is going to know because they're so bright. But they don't. They're in this big role. Yeah. But turns out, they're focused on legal issues for the company most of the time. I think everything is like a two to three year educational campaign. Yeah. And if they haven't worked with this role before, yeah. so it's great when there's a new GC and they've come from another company yeah. that had legal ops and they're like, first thing I'm going to do is put in my legal ops yeah. because they know the impact, they know how it works. Yeah. But if you've never done that and you've been practicing as a GC yeah. for a long time Decades. and I need this person to do what? I've never needed this before. And all of a sudden it's super important, but what is it? Maybe I'll just have someone dabble in it part-time and see if I like it. Fair, but be prepared. We're also in the education business in Mm -hmm. the beginning in Mm -hmm. these new roles. Cool. So we didn't super disagree as bad as I thought we were starting to. I'm always looking for a good fight. I know, I know. I'm still looking at the cameras if we're webinar. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean out there, Ironclad community? Do you like a camera more or a microphone more? Microphone. Like camera's fine. I like it, but I am really taken by the voice and the power of it. Someone once told me like a past life psychic. I live in LA now and there's crystals on me. Don't judge me. Mary's giving me the eyes. If you could see her face right now (laughs) and I'm queer. So go with me on this. But they said in another life, I led towns and villages and cities of people. And voice is very important to me. It really is. And I love finding it. And I love helping people find their voice. So I'm obsessed with audio. I could totally see that. Yeah. yeah. And it's why like, I get close to the mic. And I practice on it a lot. I design my vocal chain. Things I do on the weekend. And scientifically, people are more likely to engage with really good audio more than really good video. That's what the YouTube literature is saying. So if you have both 
If you have both, great. And if it's but blurry. But if, if you had to compromise yeah. on one, compromise on video, because if this isn't good, audio is not good, people won't listen. Interesting. That's why I brought my mic. Yeah. Sorry. Good to know. Yes. How about you? Vocals, camera, neither? Neither. So we were chatting yes. earlier. I'm not, I, I'm more Let's of a- Let's get into this. And I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know myself. I, when we started Clock, I was very much- I wanted to be the back of the house. I was doing all the work. I didn't want to be on the stage. I didn't even have a social media yeah. account. Actually, to be honest, they were trying to tell me that I had to accept people that wanted to link in with me. And I was like, who are these people? And why? No, I don't no. want to connect with them. So I was pushed into it's the wild. leadership role and pushed to be on stage and had to learn how to be a had public speaker and, and do all that. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to give everyone my opinion. Yeah. And you put a mic in front of me on a conference, I'll go for an hour sure. telling you my opinions about how things should go. But I never had a desire to be the face or like to be the center of attention. I do think it's been really good for me career wise. Yeah. And was it uncomfortable for you to do that in the beginning? In the beginning, absolutely. And I'm a Leo. So like there I'm an extrovert. Yeah. I don't shy away from it. But yeah, I didn't want people looking at me all the time. I would have never known that. I saw all your clock keynotes. I would have never known that you were forced up there yeah. by the leadership then. And now it's different. If I say that now, people are like, do you really even know yourself? Because I do. I love having a platform yeah. now. And for me, it's whether it's LinkedIn or webinars or being on a stage, if I can just get to more people and them walk away going, oh, I learned something or that's super helpful. Or now I can implement legal ops. That gives me so much that's energy. Like yeah. I love if someone's, do you want to come speak in Brazil? Absolutely. Yeah. I have people there don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. I want to go tell them stuff. Like, I'm on the first plane. So, yeah, that's what gives me excitement. We talked about going to Brazil together. I'm going to Brazil in a couple of days. Oh, you are? Yeah. Is it for one of those, the big legal conferences? No. So, there was enough people reaching out saying, yeah. we want education. We want someone to come tell us more about legal ops. And then, of course, you guys know Clock Brazil yes, uh, just recently just launched. And so, I said, yes, I'll come and tell, we'll do a community roundtable, bring people together for Ironclad and tell you about legal ops and do some education. So and then the Clock Brazil group was like, wait, you're coming? We'll just do a, a clock day. So there's going to be a bit of a clock regional event while I'm there. Amazing. Amazing. We worked really hard to it's, it's great officialize and making up words. The Brazilian community because they were gathering their yeah. show together. So I love that you're going. There's so many There's so people many. in the ecosystem. Yeah. The law firms are really engaged yeah. in this, even the law schools. I did not realize how far the flight was. Brazil's no joke. That's why when you and I talked about going together last year to one of the big yeah. events they wanted us at, we, I was far. looking at flights going, this is a 12 hour for flight from the States 16. and from the West Coast. It's 16. Okay, Jen, I'm going for one night. What? One Mary, night. Get ready for single digit whoop scores. <laughs> I know. She'll send me it's the whoop after bad. these one night yeah. turnarounds. I land like, in the morning. I have an event all day. Recovery. One night. Clock the whole day. You had day 2%. And get once. on the plane. I had 1%. Well, you had one, you had the 1%. So she's the 1%. Bad. That's yeah. really bad. That basically bad. means... Your heart stopped and <laughs> no sleep and your nervous system is on overdrive because yeah. you're underslept and in three times. You're on fumes. It's not good for you. I know I can do it so I can pull through, but yes. then you need two days to collapse. I don't know if you know this, but I traveled so much last year. I made Delta Diamond. Amazing. Status, I know I'm which, jealous. But to your point. You pay uh, for it. It wrecks you. <laughs> yeah. And from November 2nd to December 19th, I just 
slept in LA yeah. every day. LA, which I call my country home because it's suburban and so quiet, quiet and really chill. And I caught up and I got my first 30 days in a row green whoop ever. 30? 30 in a row. 30 in a row. That might be like a whoop world record. Yeah. I don't think anyone has done that. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. It's the first time I had 30 days without a red. Oh, that's ever. good. That's yeah. good. That's really Which good. I've never had. That would be bionic. If I have 30 in a row. I think that's a Brian Johnson level. Yeah. <laughs> Are you into Brian Johnson? And I Bi follow Brian Johnson. He's yeah. like CEO of Biohack. Yeah. So we drink his olive oil. We have all his stuff. Cool. If you had the means, if you prioritize the means, would you do his anti-aging program? I think it's really hard. I already do everything that I can. I don't cold plunge as much as I'd like to. Yeah. The new thing, actually, if anyone's listening, I want advice on red light therapy. That's the new thing that I want to try. Yeah. But I've got to research all the different types of home machines. So if anyone's yeah. already done the research, let me know. I had a friend of mine in LA who is a backup dancer. And she said that she got accidentally in a dance rehearsal, poked in the eye so hard that it was like it messed up her eye medically for a minute. And that she went into a red light bed uh, as part of the healing and it, and it accelerated healing three to four X. It, people think it sounds like the crystals and chakras too, but really there are studies like JAMA studies. So yeah. it's for real. <laughs> I, I would do it if my cold plunge room had a red light. They have a red light sauna, but that's different. That's infrared, which that's is infrared. different. Yeah, yeah, that's a different beam. But if yes. there was a red light, I would just hop across all three. If someone makes a red light sauna so I could be efficient and do two at once, yeah. I would buy that. <laughs> yes. Now she's legal opsing. If I could be in a cold plunge, but my head is in the sauna. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and my hands are in the red light. I could be a hand model in no time. So fun. I love biohacking stuff. What else did we disagree on? Passion. I thought I was really being slick with my one word answer. Passion is the answer to influence the culture, to kind of change and follow. To get you. into tech and be excited about in tech. In your legal yeah. department, to get excited about tech. If you share the passion and then you said you did that. Yeah, because I can't hold back. So I have no poker face. There's yeah. no, you never need to wonder what I'm thinking. And yeah. if I go into a room and I am so excited about the potential of this tech product yeah. that we demoed and... Yeah, I think I scared everyone. Yes. <laughs> so the feedback I got was got to tone it down a little. And that was me being very vulnerable in that moment yeah. on our webinar, because that was like the hardest feedback I ever got. I'm a people person. Like I wanted to be liked and to I go in and almost I, sharing my 360 feedback on that <laughs> webinar yeah. because it's a wonderful tool to get as a leader, as a person. And you reflect on it for months and it's humbling to hear these things and so helpful. But it is help, like it made yeah. me better and it made me more aware. But God, hearing that in real time was yeah. like, ah, oh, stab me in the heart. To rein in my passion, I have to do this a lot too. I have a lot of energy and I don't want to point it too much at people. I play this game where I'm like, okay, pretend I'm presenting to engineering. Because if you do passion mm. to engineering folks, tech product folks, they can't. They yeah. just, they can't register it. And they start very keenly putting you in a box that is like too much, labeled yeah. too much. So I've learned a lot from having to context shift across audiences yeah. on how, what levels you can do and where. And when I'm in front of the IP team, I can go crazy because they're fun and they'll go with you there, but engineering won't. So I make myself a little more like zeros and ones. Smart. And, and Smart. I get, yeah, I you learned gotta, that. You got to know your audience. 
At Spotify, I learned that I was in a breakout group with all Swedish engineers and we're interview practicing. And the Swedish engineer colleague of mine says to the moderator, I had a hard time knowing what was performance and what was truth. And I was like, crap. And talk about having to then relate across a culture and not be a total kook and try to meet my Swedish colleague where they were. Turns out all you have to do is be conservative during the day, go to karaoke at night once with them. Yeah. And when it gets to Bohemian Rhapsody, you belt <laughs> and then you unlock the key to the heart of the Swedish colleague. It's all relationship building. It's all relationship building. I, I love that. So I have a question for you. Yeah. And this came up when they first announced that you were going to be president of Clock. And someone posted a comment on your LinkedIn, which oh, yeah. is a question that I used to get a lot, which is, Jen, and I know you, you have a passion for music. You yeah. prioritize that in your life. You are very health conscious. So you're working out, you're doing all the things. You're married. So you have family. You have a full time, big time job at Netflix. And now you're going to take on this full time leadership role at Clock. Like, how does one do this and fly that many Delta Sky miles in in between? How is this possible? It's possible. This is a game of Trident method on your calendar which I'll get into, and knowing where to make trade-offs in your life. Because like you, me, and Beyonce have the same number of hours in a day. So what are you not doing in order to enable this? I'm not watching TV unintentionally. The TV doesn't go on just to go on. And I run the, back to the Trinet method, I run the calendar like 15 minute slots, hour slots, and my wellness goes in there, my reading time, my to-dos, and my work time. And then in my Netflix role, I get better and better at learning to delegate because now I have a team. That was some of my feedback I got, Mm -hmm. which is use your team. They're amazing and they're ready. And my team and my peers at Netflix saw me go, and you saw this too. I went through a big health thing last year, which is why I flew so much because I did all my treatment in New York. And this year I said, I don't want to have a surgery or COVID to have the greatest rest and recovery ever. I want that with positive ends. I need my team more. And so there's the trade-offs, being able to share the work and I'm working smartly, not harder. And there was a third thing I wrote in there. I think it was around self-care, winding my mind down and taking these breaks so that you can come out and be really concentrated and impactful in the work. And so I'm always context switching. And sometimes I need a lot of extra sleep, like we were talking about earlier, to get it. But it's possible. Look, I didn't see my family as much over the holiday break. I went into the music studio and those are the trade-offs. It is. It's trade-offs. There's no balance. No. People always There's say, no, how do you no balance? Such thing. There's no such thing. That's what I responded to yeah. Angela Mendenhall, if you're listening. I responded to you and said, there's no such thing as balance. Get rid of the word so you're not striving for some yep. unattainable thing. You're doing your two to three things a day. You're being true to your responsibilities. Netflix is my primary gig and I care so much about having an impactful story to write there. And so they get my best energy and then, but I need to feed those creative mills. And so the songwriting and the health and the fitness, I work a lot out in the gym Mm -hmm. so I can come in and feel strong. And lastly, on the clock note, I've been podcasting for Clock for a long time. And last year we did weekly episodes, 48 episodes. And this year I won't do 48. Yeah, that's a lot. And yeah. content weekly. Maybe I'll do a half dozen to a dozen. We're bringing in other co-hosts. The board is going to each host an episode with a Clock Core 12. 
sharing and delegating that work around shining the spotlight on others is going to give me some of that time back to be president and do presidential things. Yeah. I think someone very wise once told me it's all about trade-offs, but it's also all about choices. And you can do a lot of things. And I was the same. I had the two jobs. I did clock. I did my full-time gig. I have three kids. I don't know how you did that because Clock didn't have a staff when you were president. Clock did not have. That's the first thing I did was put that in place. Yes. Thank you for doing that. And we have a staff now and they're amazing. They're amazing. And so I'm not an employee. I'm not working in that capacity. I'm serving yeah. in a board advisory. That's so right. I don't know how you even slept. But for me, it was fun. Like I realized from Clock and why I knew that I would love Ironclad. Like I'm a builder. I, yeah. I love to be in that kind of Same. putting together an organization and, and seeing it grow. It's very creative work, actually. It is. Entrepreneurial, what you're talking about and what you did. And I think we should allow ourselves to have something outside of the main gig where we make our livelihood to build. Yeah. That's what you built. You built community. I'm working in the community you built and I help do additional builds, but I didn't start this. You did and your peers. But you're also here and it doesn't, like for me, clock didn't feel like work. It was an outlet. It was fun. Like it was energizing and fun. So it wasn't like sucking my soul. But you have the trade-offs, yeah. right? You got to figure trade-offs. out what parts in your life that you're going to give time to. Because I also, I can trade off like my family. I still yeah. got to do that. And so I have very little social life. I say that all the time. Yeah. I think I will have it back. And I was a very social person before I had family and, yeah. and multiple jobs. And I think I'll go back to that. But there's this point in my life right now yeah, where social, I'm focusing. Social gets hit for gets me. Hit. It's yeah. minimal. However... I wind up socializing more with through work, through yeah. work, through yeah. our community. You a lot of folks are becoming friends. I'm in another 30 for 30 fitness challenge with 10 legal ops folks. And Mary, I don't know what it is with the magic of this 10 of us. We're all having incredible, I don't know, accountability and health so bumps fun. from it. Like people are talking about losing weight and getting new gear and we all report in what we do every day. That's awesome. And in addition to being shot at the gym today, I was taking selfies for the group so I can let them know <laughs> I got my 30 minutes of movement in. And I don't know. So I make new friends where I am yeah. so that we're always glowing and getting our needs met. That's right. Trade-offs. Predictions 2024, legal ops. Is anything going to steal the moment or is it more of the same? It's a lot of AI stuff. That's for sure. I do think we're going to see still more momentum of the growth of the prevalence and people's hiring for legal ops. But I said on the webinar, I, and maybe it's just a realization right in this moment that I just think there's still so much education that the GCs and CLOs have to get. And we have to, I'm starting to think about like, how can I help? We're talking about that at clock on the board and staff level too. Like, how do we really get the GCs engaging in a new elevated way. Yeah. We have this seven, almost 7,000 person membership because the ranks of all the roles, junior, legal ops yeah. manager, senior execs are filling out. Cool. Now, how do we get their bosses in so that this organism can also help with the educational piece right. and take some of the burden off? And you were in this conversation with me with JB, our CEO, yeah. when we had this realization of a lot of GCs think that their job is to scope and hire the legal ops person and put them in place, get that head count. Yeah. And they've done their part yeah. and now set it and forget it. But that's not how it works. Like no. You have to stay engaged and you got to help legal ops be successful because clock and all of us can help 
champion legal ops and get them influencing with that authority. But God, a little bit of, of authority would really help us Yes, out. a little authority. <laughs> my new manager and I were chatting recently about my service commitment to this org. I was teaching her about it and letting her know the presidency was an option and getting her alignment with it. And she said, I understand why you do this. It's for your growth. And oh, yeah. it backs you. And that really struck a chord with me. I need to come vet the things, the thinking, the solutions, the problems with peers like you and others. So I feel like I know what I'm doing because our leaders don't always, they're looking to us to know, and we need that growth vehicle behind us. But then we do need a little more authority from them too. And more you're out there talking to what everyone else is doing, where the future is going, it makes you better at your day job. It really does. it, It helps Netflix too. It certainly does. It helps all of our companies if you can get out there and tell the story of what you did. I learn a lot by presenting on a something we did at any one of the companies I've been at. And then I get this feedback from the audience, like your KM program at Cisco slides really helped me with a starting point. And I stole your slides and I'm like, they're yours because clock stole them from me. And you're like human GPT, first draft. (laughs) Exactly. I was the first draft and may we all go onward solving KM in our legal departments. Notice how we skipped all the KM questions. that came. Someone wrote in KM question mark. Why is it still an enigma? Okay. I got on the clock stage May 2023 and gave a little talk about AI. And I said, KM is over. I got hate mail. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Because there's like people are really mad at me. Yes. Yeah. There's careers, but you meant it in a different exactly. way. Exactly. Like, so if I maybe can clarify for a moment, I actually think KM is even more important than ever with the advent yeah. of AI because you have to curate and make sure that your AI is looking at the right yeah. set of data and learning from that. So, yes, knowledge meant, management is more important. I think you meant like the dead zone of KM is over because there's a dead search and find and who worked on what as a core where God bless us. If we're the ones that have to go be that color and manually sift through all this data to try to make a data set that's useful without the right budget or tooling and none of the tools pan out. I think there's the dead zone that's over and that the AI combo can just accelerate some of that librarian style work and maybe make it faster to our fingertips. Yes. You're laughing. Yes. I love everybody. Everyone's career. We love stay. everyone. <laughs> I started with KM, so I, I love it. And oh, I, you're the KM guru. Yeah. I still believe in it as a, me a, ton. a central point and it's simpler than we all think. And it's okay to start with the website, the training, the orientation to the department on the tools and frequently asked questions. Where are the forms? How do I X? That's KM. That's 1.0 for most of us. Mary, thanks for coming on Clock Talk. Always a pleasure. And Love hosting Clock Talk. this wonderful space for your webinar today. We'll see you out there soon. Good to see you, Jen. That about wraps up this episode. Thank you, Mary, for coming on the podcast today and for sharing your thoughts. Catch this and other episodes of Clock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time.